Okay, guys, we're going to pick up on Daf Kaf Aleph. We were finishing up yesterday talking about the issue of lighting up the torches to transmit the information about the Kiddush uh, HaChodesh. And we mentioned that we're only going to do that for the Chaser months, for the Chaser months. So just to go back to the bottom of Kaf Gimelam for a minute, um, we said in my time, what's the reason we only do this for the Chaser months, not the Full thirty-day months. So Amr Abzeir Exera Mishim Rosh Chodesh Chaser Shachali Ube Erev Shabbat. He says Exera because of the case of Rosh Chodesh that's Chaser, a twenty-nine-day month that falls on an Erev Shabbat. Meaning Emat Avdi. When are you supposed to light the light the torches? Ba'afuke Shabbata. You have to do that when Shabbos is over, which is a full day late. But if we say we're going to be lighting the torches for a Mali month also, so that means that we'll be lighting the the torches not on the night after the 30th, but the night after the 31st. So, now we're top of Kaf Gimel. They'll come to make a mistake. They'll say it was a chaser month. And so they'll be wrong because it'll be a Malay month. And uh, and the people say, oh, no, really, it's a chaser month, but they weren't able to light the candle, the, the torches Friday night, so they didn't Mosei Shabbat. So it won't be clear. Odioma, or Malehu Vizmano Avdo, others say, or, or was it maybe a Malay month, and they did it on the proper time. So, I mean, it's just confusing. You don't know because of that, that, that uncertainty. So, Rabbi Zayar is saying, because of the uncertainty that could be brought about by a possible situation where a Chaser month falls out on a Friday, so then we're just never going to do it. We're never going to light the torches for a Malay month at all. The Gemara says, though, Why don't we just do it on both? And if it works out, the Rosh Chodesh falls out on Erev Shabbat, you just won't light the torches at all. And since we won't have done it Mosei Shabbos, but we normally do it for our Malay, meaning for a full month, then they would realize that it's a, it's, a, it's a month that is Chaser, because... Again, because if it were a Malay month, then they wouldn't. Uh, they would be lighting the torches. So that would solve the problem. Mark says, "No, a hachi Even so, they could come to make a mistake. Why? Amre hai Malay. They say no. It, tonight, this month was a Malay. The avdein, and the fact this that they're not doing it and they're not lighting the torches tonight, which is Motei Shabbat, which is the proper time to light the torches for a Malay month in this scenario. It's Nusay who did Nusay. They had an onus, right? There was something beyond their control. They weren't able to light the uh, light the candles, uh, light the torches. Raja says, the news, what's the honest? What, what causes them not to be able to? They're drunk from, uh, sort of the, uh, the Seudot on Shabbat. Okay. Or maybe there are other, possibly other reasons too. So Gemara says, okay. So if that's the whole, if all the issues come up because of a possible situation where the Chaser month comes out on Friday and you won't be able to light the proper time, which is Friday night, so when you flip it, why don't we just light the torches for Malay months and not light it for Chaser months? Abaya says it's because we're concerned for people not working for two different days. Here there's a machlok at Rashi and Tosa, what this refers to. So Rashi says that the concern is that when Rosh Hashanah, uh, we're not going to know exactly when Rosh Hashanah is, and we'll end up not doing Melacha uh, two days of Rosh Hashanah every single year. Now, practically, now that we have our, uh, we'll see later, but now that we have uh, the calendar, we always observe two days of Rosh Hashanah, even in Eretz Yisrael. But again, it seems like Rashi is saying that theoretically there would be a possibility Rosh Hashanah would only be one day, but if we, uh, but if we light the torches 
if we light the torches only for a Malay month, that means that, that we always have to observe the 30th day of Elul as Rosh Hashanah, just in case that's the proper thing, because we're not going to be announcing that day, and therefore um, it creates problems. Tosa says no, he doesn't think that's specifically about Rosh Hashanah, and he says it's really an issue of Rosh Chodesh. I, there's no Bitul Malacha, like who doesn't work on Rosh Chodesh, so he says it's for the women. There's a, min, a very strong minhag that women don't work on Rosh Chodesh, and he goes to a long uh, explanation there, and that would be the idea that women, in any Rosh Chodesh, we want to make sure that women don't have to be Mivatlot from Malacha that time uh, unnecessarily. And that's why we wouldn't only light for the Malay, we'll light for the Chaser month, and that way we'll, uh, we'll know there'll be at least um, most of the time, or a whole bunch of the time, we'll be able to uh, to do Malacha following that. Okay, so that takes us to the first part. Now, the next piece is we're talking about the uh, the torches. So the Gemara is going to go into a longer explanation about some of the materials in the torches and different types of cedar trees that exist. Um, there's a lot of hard words in this uh, in this uh, Ambud, so I personally am making use of uh, the Sepharia translation today because it's very tricky. And you'll see that even in a lot of the translations, um, the terminology used by the Gemara is not translated. It's just uh, sort of uh, if you look in if you look in Safari online or you look in other different places, you'll see we don't actually have a specific translation in English. We just sort of give an italicized, um, you know, uh, rendering of the same word in with English letters, like a transliterated version. Okay, Kate said, "How you must see so many So how did they bring? Uh, we have the torches. They brought these poles. So Amar of Yehuda Arba Mine Arazimheim. There's actually four different type of cedar tree. Okay, what are they? So he says, Erez, Katrom, Itshemen, Uvarosh. Okay, so what we're translating those are cedar. Katrom doesn't really get a translation. Itshemen um, is pine wood, and Barosh is known as is also uh, it's called cypress. Okay, so Katrom, Amarav, Adra. When it comes to Katrom, Rav says it's, called, it's the tree called the Adra tree. Debe Rabbi Shila, Amre, Mavliga. It's the Mavliga tree. That's Rabbi Shaila. Okay, for Amrila, Zo Golmish. And simply it's the Golmish tree. Okay, don't know what that is. Upliga de Rabba Barafuna. This argues on Rabba Barafuna. The Amar Rabba Barafuna, Amre Be Rav, is said in the name, he said, Rabba Barafuna said in the name of the house of Rav. Um, so it's not that there's four types of cedar, there's actually ten different types of cedar. Shanem uh, Marz, it says in Yeshayahu, Etayba Midbar Erez, Shita, Vehadas, Veit Shemen, Asim Ba'arava, Barosh, Titar, Vetashor Yachtav. Okay, so what he's saying is, um, I will plant in the wilderness, Etayba Midbar Erez, the Shita, the Acacia tree, Vehadas, uh, Hadas is the Myrtle, right? Like Hadas, we use on the Sukkot. Um, the eight shaman, as you said, the pine, the pine wood, the pine tree. Asim uh, ba'arava, a place in the desert. Arava also is like a wilderness. Barosh, that we had before the cypress. Tidhar, which we call the plain tree. Beteshor, and the larch entrances that, okay? So these are all different types of cedar trees, okay? Yeah, so what are these things? So the Gemara is now going to explain as, uh, what each of these is in Aramaic. So we're not going to give new translations, we're just going to give the Aramaic word. For each of these words, for each of these types of trees, uh, so we said here. Um, sorry, I just lost my place for a second. Uh, Erez is Arza, that's an easy one. Shita, the acacia tree, is Tornita. Hadas, the myrtle tree, Asa. You'll see other places in Shas we talk about the Asa 
to collect for Sukkot. Eitz Shemen, the pine tree, is Afarsima. Barosh, cypress, is Barata, or Barata. Tidhar, the maple, is Shaga. And Tashor, the, is Shorivna. Shorivna. Okay, those are the Aramaic names, I guess. So Gemara says, well, Hani Shivahavu. That's only seven. If you count them up, we only came up with seven names, not ten. So Kiyata Rabdimi, Rabdimi came from Eretz Yisrael. Amar, he said, Hosifu Alehem. They added three other ones. Alonim, Almonim, Amogim. Okay, what we call these three are uh, the Alonim, we translate as the Terebinth. Uh, the Almonim is the oak. And Almogim is coral wood. Okay, so again, the Gemara will give us the Aramaic translation. Alonim, Botme. Uh, Almonim Balute and Almogim is Kesita. Okay. Ika de Amri, some say, that's not those three, but it's three other trees Aronim, Armonim, and Almogim. So um, the last one's the same. Aronim, what are these things? The bay tree, the plane tree, and coral wood. So Aronim is Are, that's what it's called, Are. Armonim, the plane tree, is Dulve. And Almogim, the coral, is called Kesita. Okay? That's called Kesita. Now, uh, once we start talking about coral wood, and coral, I guess, in general, so now we're going to tell a little bit about coral. Vitsi Adir, Lo Yavirenu. So the, uh, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk that, um, in, uh, from Yeshayahu also, Tzi Adir Lo Yavirenu, that the Tzi Adir will not be able to cross it. Meaning, uh, it won't be able to cross the river that will have the mikdash from. Uh, hold on one second. Rashi says, It's a river that will come out from the Beit HaMikdash, and it won't be able to, a tzi adir won't be able to cross it. So what is a tzi adir? So Amarav Zoborne Gdola. This is a big ship, a very large ship that they use to collect uh, coral. Okay, so... So once we mentioned coral, we say, oh, there's something else about coral. What is it about it? It's that we have this river that's going to come out from the Beit HaMikdash, and I guess from the water source there. And the Apostle is telling us that a big ship won't be able to cross it. And what does that mean? I mean, it's going to be such a big river, I guess, is sort of the idea. And the idea is that that big ship is a type of ship that they use to collect coral. All right. Anyhow, so once we're on the subject, so hey, Abdu. So how do they do this? How do they collect coral? from the sea, because it's from the bottom of the sea, so he's supposed to collect it. So it's a very clever technological um, innovation. They would bring 6,000 men for 12 months of the year. Some say it was the opposite. It was 12,000 men for 6 months of the year. What did they do? They would, they would load up, they'd load up <coughs> excuse me, the boat while it's in the water, full of chala, now, uh, that means hole, like uh, sand. Ad until it sank. Okay, so the boat now sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Rashi points out that it didn't, uh, that this, uh, at this point where the coral is, it's not so deep. So the boat is still sort of, the bottom of the boat, boat is on the bottom, but the top of the boat still is above the water level. Okay, what happens is a nachit baramorai, a baramorai is a person who's, uh, I guess, like some type of diver. So he goes down, nachit, he goes down. Fikatar atune tekitna, so he takes a uh, flax ropes and ties them on the uh, on the coral. Okay, 
Okay, katar atune to keep up the kasita on the kasita on the coral. The katar and then they also tie the other end to the boat. So they basically wrap rope around the coral and wrap and, and connect that rope back to the boat. And then what do they do? They're not to lechala. They then they take the the sand from the boat. Vishadu livra and they throw it overboard. And I guess the boat then now isn't weighed down anymore, so it starts to rise. The kama de medallion as the boat begins to rise. Akra it uproots the coral umatya and brings it along. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the method to collect the coral. To, I guess mass amounts of coral, right? Just to, to hook it onto the boat and to get this boat to sink and then rise up and then you get the coral. So how valuable is the coral? The Gemara says umachlif achad train bakaspa. The coral is exchanged for one for two and its weight in silver bakaspa. So you think about that; it's twice the value of silver. Talat, and the Gemara says, Talat Parvata Havyan. There's actually, there were three ports, I guess, in these locations. Tarte Be Armai, two of them were Armai, Roman. Vechadet Be Parsai, one was Persian. To Be Armai, Masan Kasita, the Aramean or the Roman, Armai is like Rome, right? Is like they would bring up Kasita, the coral. To Be Parsai, Masan Marganaita, the Persian ports would bring up pearls. Okay, Umikarya Parvata de Mishamek, and it was called the Persian, uh, the royal ports, the royal ports. Okay, uh, continuing with this uh, analysis, sort of with some of the issues of the wood. So we'll talk about some of the uh, shita, the uh, the acacia tree. Am Rabbi Yochanan calls shita v'shita shnatulu nochrim miyushalayim atide kadosh baruch hu Every acacia tree that the Gentiles, the nochrim, the non-Jews took from Jerusalem will be returned. Shinemarta says, attain by Midbar Eretz Shita. I will place in the Midbar, in the wilderness, the Erez, the cedar, and Shita, and the acacia tree. He goes on to say, you know, other things too, myrtle, whatever, the oil. But the point is, Ve'en Midbar Ela Yerushalayim. And the Midbar refers to Yerushalayim. Shinemarta says, Tzion Midbar Hayata, that Tzion became a Midbar, a wilderness. So that's the idea that Hashem will return the trees to Yerushalayim. Ve'am Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan goes on to say, Again, so more drushed about trees or these specific trees that were mentioned. Anybody who learns Torah and doesn't teach Torah, he's like a hadas in the desert, meaning it smells very nice, but there's no one there to enjoy it. So it's great. Who cares that you have Torah knowledge? If you don't share it with anybody, it doesn't really matter. A beautiful idea about the need to uh, to teach and share the Torah that we learn. Some say some flip and they say anybody who learns Torah and does teach it where in a place where there's no other tamid chacham or if you're not yourself a tamid chacham where there's no tamid chacham it's just like a hadas and a midbar. It's like a myrtle tree in the desert. It's so precious. It's so wonderful. It's so beautiful that. There can be some teaching of Torah in a place where there otherwise aren't people there. So that's a great uh, chizuk, hopefully, for many of us if we find ourselves in situations where there aren't many people who can teach Torah. So we take the opportunity to uh, and take the responsibility to do that. It's such a wonderful thing. You can be in a midbar, but then we have the opportunity to teach. Uh, furthermore, 
And the last thing we'll do for today, Ve'amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Oylehem lo'ovdei kochavim she'em lam takana. He says, woe to the idolaters, the, the nations of the world, that they have no takana, they will have no remedy for all the uh, atrocities they committed against the Jewish people. Shinemar, it says in the, in the passing Yishayahu, Perek Samech, Tachat ha'nachoshet avizahav. In place of the copper, I will bring gold. Tachat ha'parzel, instead of the iron, avikasev, I will bring silver. Tachat ha'atzit, instead of the uh, wood, Nachosha, copper, or brass. Vidacha Avanim, Barzel, instead of the stones, iron. Meaning that for all these things, there's a replacement. If there's something that was bad, so I'll bring something else. That's the point. There's always something else. But Rabbi Yochanan says, Tacha Rabbi Kiva Vachayveirav, Maimivi'in. But in place of Rabbi Kiva and his, and his uh, colleagues, well, what are you supposed to bring? I mean, there's no replacement for that. And therefore, Ba'alehem um, Huomer, about those people, it says in Yoel, Vinikati Damam, Lo Nikati. I will hold them as innocent, but for their blood, I will not hold them innocent, meaning that the nations of the world will have to pay because it's not about the destruction of the stones, that's a big deal, but the destruction of the Talmud Chachamim and the leaders of the generation, the people who, uh, who are in trying to ensure the Jewish future, that there's no replacement, and therefore that's what the, the nations of the world will have to um, pay for ultimately. Okay, we will stop here right at the two, at the two dots and pick up tomorrow, Mir Tashem. Have a great day.